welcome to Out of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Govern podcast where we talk all things Magic the Govern. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neal. Hiya! How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm good. I yeah. am very good. Awesome. Glad to hear yeah. it. Uh, I think maybe the uh, the normal preamble we have before the show should be uh, reduced somewhat, because yeah. there's, uh, there's a lot to be covering in this episode, I think. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Once again, it's been a, a week of things, hasn't it? Oh, man, these things are so good. So good. Um, yeah, I mean, like, we plan to talk about, you know, have a standard Hour of Devastation doom and gloom hot take episode about the new mulligan rule <laughs> yeah which i think we, we will plan to to try and cover at the end of the episode yeah um, we'll definitely cover it but then uh, you know the mythic championship in cleveland happened yeah and i wasn't expecting it to be so good yeah agreed uh, i think like especially going into it on on the friday and sort of watching the coverage and seeing that the, like for a start the production value was definitely not as as you know, exciting as I thought it was going to be. It's the first big official esports event. It's you mm-hmm. know, it's the first Mythic Championship. I was expecting like you know a, a stage and confetti and all the all the awesome <laughs> things that you saw in the trailer for the for the esports yeah. that they provided. But uh, you know, I was kind of a, a bit disappointed that didn't happen, and was like, well, maybe it'll happen it'll happen on Sunday for the top eight, and they'll really ramp up the production then. And then there's like a few technical difficulties and sound goes and there's video in the wrong places and stuff's out of sync. And I was like, oh, well, nice to see that, uh, that $10 million investment going to, going to good use. Or <laughs> I mean, it was, it was just, a, just a standard Pro Tour, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, well, it's, sure, it's just a Pro Tour by a different name. Mm-hmm. But it was still um, an excellent weekend. Yeah, um, it, yeah. I think for... A number of reasons. Definitely, I think like once that Friday was sort of sort of done and out of the way, and the, the sort of technical hiccups were were dealt with, I think very quickly it did a bit of a one eighty and was like, okay, wow, they've uh, yeah, this is going to be a really cool event. Absolutely. So I think should we just should we just get into it because I've got I've got a lot of feelings to express. I right? guess so. I mean, have you have you played much Magic in the last week? Oh god, I went three oh one at Legacy. Oh well, that's that's notable. Oh, it's sick, yeah. Um, uh, I my one draw was in the first round against uh, Manalus Dredge. Sweet. Um, because <laughs> we paid a thirty five minute game two. Ooh. Yeah, it was against uh, a guy who goes to uh, RLGS called Sylvester. Um, and he was just being a Legacy deck for the first time because he wanted to play the format. Yeah. He was like learning the deck at the time. Yeah. Um, and he was playing very well, but it was just he was a bit slow because you know he wasn't sure of the ins and outs of it. He had to. Um, he has to read some of my cards because he wasn't familiar with the with the staples of the format, and obviously half my cards are in Japanese. Yeah. So that's that's slowed us down quite a lot. Um, but it was really good. I think game two he probably just should have conceded. Like he he had he had a percent to win, absolutely. But I think to save himself time, uh, he should have just conceded. But we had an excellent excellent game too. It was really good fun. Um, I scavenging uses MVP. Uh, all three games, I just drew scavenging use and Gaddic Teague. <laughs> so so that's it. pretty good against Manless Red. Seems pretty good. Yeah, it was great. Um, and then I beat uh, Blue Red Delver. Nice. Which is a nice 2012 Legacy Classic yeah. Maverick versus Blue Red Delver. Um, and I beat Grixis. Is it Grixis? I think it was like just sort of Grixis, Grixis uh, mid-range control, whatever we're going to call that deck at the moment with Babelstrixes sure. and stuff. And then uh, utterly destroyed a friend of the podcast, Tom Pike, playing Death Shadow. Hey. We had a good game one, and then I just landed a choke on turn two in game two, and <laughs> he did not recover. 
Yeah, that sounds pretty pretty heinous. Yeah, it's pretty good. Sweet. That's why I don't play in blue decks, they lose a trick. Um, other <laughs> than that, I've done a couple of drafts and stuff, but I mean, nothing particularly exciting because, you know, we're a magic podcast where the hosts don't play magic. <laughs> what about yourself? Uh, I did play some magic this week, actually. Mm-hmm. We, uh, yeah, so we've been doing this this arena league um, with my sort of local play group for the past couple of weeks. It's been really fun, mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. Uh, it's really cool just having this like kind of tournament style <coughs> magic that you can just play from the government of your own home like enjoying that definitely uh, but mm-hmm. we thought we'd do like a bit of a, a paper event as a kind of like a like an end of the league thing where we'll we'll do something a bit special or something a bit different and uh, there'll be sort of prizes and things as well so we decided that the format was going to be standard plus sure which is uh, Armanket forward, so uh, obviously current standard plus Armanket and Arrow Devastation. Okay. It was uh, it, it it was pretty good, I think. To be honest, I think like you don't really get a lot of sort of extra cards, just including those two sets. Like not, it's I think it's very different how it would have been if we'd started it from like Kaladesh, especially. Um, sure. But you get access to some of the sort of like the All Star cards, like your um, you know Scarab Gods uh, and the. The Cyclone Lands, like the Cyclone Lands, were a really good inclusion, I think. Ooh, yeah, I didn't think about those. That's yeah, so, sweet. so I really enjoyed playing those again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I pretty much just played an Esper Control deck, just played what I've, you know, what standard cards I own currently, plus the Cyclone Lands, uh, one copy of Approach to the Second Sun in the main. Hell yeah! Uh, and then played Supreme Wills in place of the um, of Sinister Sabotage. Sure. And then my sideboard just had like. Hoshes, Shakers, and the Scarab Gods. Sounds great. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Ended up winning most games I played, but then just lost to like White Weenie because it did its thing where it goes, Oh, I'm going to play a, a, a two powered one drop on turn one, and then I'm going to play two one drops on turn two, and then I'm going to play like a, you know, Benalish Marshall on turn three, and then turn four, I'll play something else and kill you. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Sounds like my kind of magic. I'm in. Yeah. Pretty much both games just went like that. Sure. I think in game two, I think it was like a history of Benali around turn three, and then turn four was the ben- Benalish Marshal. So very similar games, and just yeah, you, sometimes you just get run over. Sounds quite fun though. It was yeah, it was fun. It was it was certainly different. I, I quite enjoyed that. It was a a nice change. I think mm-hmm. something I would like to like to explore again in the future. I think there were two people there were playing mono red, but I don't think anybody was playing sort of like the, the best build of it. So we had like cards that were banned in standard then and currently were banned yep. in the format so you couldn't play Ramunaf Bruins and you couldn't play like uh, the Frostodon sure but yeah, I, I still yeah I still think like playing with four copies of Hazard was probably right and like Earthshaker yep. Kenras and stuff but the red decks didn't quite do as well as I thought they would that's that's, that's interesting so what I'm saying is I should buy my copies of Scarab God now when this format takes off and it just goes to $50 again Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like by those oh, cool, expeditions, cool. well, not expeditions. Yeah, the invocations now. Oh, sick. Yeah, okay, cool. So your sweet financial take. Yeah, it was fun. I had a fun time, uh, and then yeah, came home, watched the watched the proto for that day. Sorry, mm-hmm. magic, magic, magic. No, mythic. There's so many new words. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's what anymore. Mythic championship. Mythic please. championship. Uh, yeah. So I, that was did that on the Saturday, and then watched the, the rest of the mythic championship in the evening, mm-hmm. and then yeah, just watched the whole of the top eight on Sunday and thoroughly enjoyed it it was it was an excellent weekend for Magic yeah it was great really was yeah like I said I'm, I'm just going to sort of sort of go off on one because uh, it was a, an important an important weekend I think agreed yeah definitely for Magic in general so um, I'm assuming everyone knows at this point that um, the Mythic Championship was won by Orton Butchett yeah playing Mono Blue yep and it was excellent 
Absolutely. an incredibly deserving winner. Yeah. Um, played some of the best magic I've seen. Was just was just excellent. But I mean, it's. I mean, the, the whole top, the whole top eight was was great, right? Like any of those any of those people in that top eight, winning winning would have been deserved and incredibly entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think especially very much once it got to that top four level where you had like yeah like Reed Duke, you had LSV, two players who are, are loved by you know pretty much everybody that plays magic. Absolutely. You know, one of them is. LSV, what more needs to be said? And the other mm-hmm. one is Reed Duke, quite probably the, the greatest ambassador for the game. Yep. And you know, Reed, he's he's had so many of these like amazing finishes. Like he's had like five Pro Tour finishes now, top eight finishes, mm-hmm. and you know, just just like an amazing GP record. But not not once has he managed to sort of win that that Pro Tour yet. So I think there was a real story there as well. But I, mm-hmm. I think the the absolute best player of the weekend, the the, the winner, Autumn, absolutely deserved it. One hundred percent. I mean, uh, it felt really wrong rooting against uh, Reduke in the semi-finals. Yeah, it, right. It, but it, absolutely. I uh, yeah, I, I kind of I don't know. Like I, it wasn't even that I was like rooting against Reduke. I was just just watching it and going like, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who wins or loses here to me like i i really like whoever whoever wins this like i i i totally win like magic wins as a, as a game like this, absolutely this is amazing i think that was that was the story of the weekend right like magic just wins here like yeah. it's just it, every, every possible outcome was so excellent that match in particular though was just just some of the best magic i've seen monoblue mirror that level yeah the monoblue so mirror between reed and autumn yeah it was it was it was excellent i, I mean watching watching nsv as well play um I can't remember which game it was now in the um, in the semis. Yeah, where he just like he mulled to five and then just had nothing. And I was like, I would have conceded like on turn three, just yeah. like completely dead, and just draws out of it and keeps playing, keeps playing, and manages to stabilise. Um, I just just some fantastic magic. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, if we talk more specifically about autumn, yeah, because right? that's uh, clearly what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, so first, British. Yep. Pro Tour, yeah, Mythic Championship champion. <laughs> well, the first ever Mythic Championship champion. That is true. Yeah, the, the very, very first ever Mythic champion. Mm-hmm. But the first, so we, we're comparing this to PTs, right? Sure. And they are the first English, yeah, Pro Tour champion, which is amazing. Um, I mean, the only good player in England, but um, <laughs> and the first non-male person to win a Pro Tour, yeah, which is right the headline of the weekend, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely amazing. Um, the first trans non-binary person to win a pro tour yeah which is incredible and i like that's it's i think that's why it was so important to me personally right like i'm I'm not sure this is something i've actually talked about on the podcast before um in terms of myself yeah um but like i have identified as non-binary for five or so years um and still you know just generally identify as queer trans some kind of thing right um, somewhere, somewhere in that spectrum, in that in that LGBTQIA family, like, and it's still something I'm working out. It's still something I'm, you know, trying to do. Yeah, trying to trying to try work out on it on a daily basis, right? When I when I have the energy to do to do it, um, and like I, I go by uh, they and them pronouns, um, and and have them for a while. And I think this that's just why it was so so important yeah, for me to, to watch to watch all absolutely killer tournament. Yeah, I, I can imagine definitely. I, I think it's. It's really cool from a sort of outsider's perspective. There, seeing mm-hmm. the things that I, that I noticed, like all of the, anybody who was sort of commenting, like sort of commenting on the game or doing like interviews post, like mid rounds and stuff, like so using the correct pronouns for autumn and 
mm-hmm. it's just something that I think is is it's something that is obviously really important and I think it was something that was really cool to see sort of so visible at that level for so many people I think it's it's like yeah it's one of those things that I think a lot of magic players might not necessarily encounter yeah or ever really think about and then suddenly it's 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 right there it's not something that I think it is common for a lot of a lot of people to hear people being referred to by you know like singular they pronouns. Mm-hmm. So I think the way that the commentators I, I don't know if I've like if handled it is the right word. I feel like I'm so clumsy at talking about this this kind of stuff sometimes. But yeah, yeah, sure. I think like the the way the uh, the sort of commentators handle it, just kind of like by normalising it, for want of a better term. Absolutely, absolutely. Was um, was yeah, just absolutely spot on. I think yeah, that like the more that that sort of thing is is normalised just amongst you know, say like magic players specifically, but just just everybody. I think it, I think it'll just be just be an easier time for everybody. One hundred percent, definitely. I mean, for what it's worth, I think you handled it very well. Thank you. <laughs> I, I I I mean, I, d- I definitely tell you um, if if anything you said was was you know problematic or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, for um, sure. But I think that I think that that was the thing, right? So we, we get. We get trans and non-binary representation on Magic's biggest stage, right? Yeah. Um, we've had there are you know there are there are lots of um, trans and queer people within the Magic community. Who yeah, for sure. Create content, write articles, do podcasts, stuff like that, um, which is which is amazing. And uh, like the more of that we have, that the, the sort of better it is, right? We um, but to have someone who's such an excellent Magic player, yeah, who put in so much work, who was just so deserving of the title, um, to absolutely kill it and just be the winner. Right, like it's um, it's just it's just unbelievable. Like it's 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 really cool to see someone that doesn't fit into because I mean I mean Auto mentioned it in their own um, winners interview. Yeah, like because uh, they they mentioned um, Huey Jensen. Yeah, and Melissa Dottora, like people that sort of because we we have a sort of idea of magic players, people that win magic tournaments tend to be cisgendered heterosexual white males, right? Yeah. That, and that's been the norm, right? and and to see people like Mister um, Toro, like they said, um, com- like coming out and, and absolutely killing it, um, was inspiring for a lot of people. Um, having Huey come out as gay while being an excellent magic player was just—it was incredible. To see, it's, people got to see themselves in professional magic players, right? Yeah, for sure. They got to see the the I guess like you know marginalized groups represented. Um, in magic and it, it's, it's it's just incredibly important to see yourself there right yeah um and this is the effect it's had on me right like so i mean i've i felt uncomfortable being um myself at magic tournaments whether that be at an lgs or a gp like yeah. i've 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 felt because i mean i i present relatively manly i guess right like boy mode-ish um because i just i it, it's it's scary right um, yeah, I can, I can imagine. It, like, yeah, for, in fact, for most people, it's not something that they would ever question or anything they would ever come across. So, yeah, I, I can't imagine what it's like at times, to be honest. It just, you just sort of, I, I mean, for me personally, like, I, I just sort of get my head down and just get on with it and enjoy the magic. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I know there's a lot of, there's a huge amount of representation and allyship within the judge program, within the yeah, judge community. Definitely. Um, absolutely, within the UK. Um which is which is incredible to see. It just it, it I think uh, GP Liverpool when they um, a lot of the judges were walking around with um, little trans coloured pins. Yeah, um, and that that was just that was just incredible to see. Like it just it made me made me feel that little bit safer. Um, and having you know one of the best magic players in the world, right? Like they're, they're now platinum pro. Yeah, the the only the only ever mythic champion. <laughs> yeah. Um, like having them be like me, right? Like yeah. I, I see, I see myself in them. 
um, be representing in this game that I love so much is just it's incredibly exciting um, and hopefully it, it brings about a lot of change right because yeah. all, all gaming communities no, magic, is, magic isn't excluded have um, a tendency to be toxic places and I don't I don't want to start some kind of you know horrible argument with people and I don't want to uh, be mean about it but you know, it, it, it's just it's bred of what it is um, and you know a lot of comments on on YouTube or like on, on magic create magic content creators YouTubes um, on Facebook threads on Twitter just people say some horrible things yeah and it has been like that and and now we have um, we have autumn to to sort of prove that we matter and then we exist and that we're good at magic yeah, sure. <laughs> um, i think has been important and this is this is why the, the response has just been so incredible like going through twitter just obviously it meant a lot to the queer community to see ourselves represented on such a huge stage such a huge platform um and it meant so much to see so many people coming out and just being supportive getting their pronouns right it's just <laughs> that shouldn't be such a big deal but it, it really is just to you know uh hear the the commentators and yeah the, that, that's the, the thing team. like like it it shouldn't be be such a big deal but i think i think very much kind of we are we are at this point still where it is a big deal but mm-hmm. the more the more this happens the more we see players like autumn the more autumn themselves keep winning yeah <laughs> cuz like, like they will to. they absolutely will of course i think like you know the more this kind of becomes the norm for want of a better term like i think it it will just be better for everybody and like, i don't think that a lot of magic players are definitely like you know like accept want of a, a better term again like accepting people i think a lot of people just just haven't experienced like a lot of things because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it is it's, it's it's representation like these these stuff like this is, is why representation matters not because it's not just i'm not just saying that you know every, you know, most most reasonable people but like people that are shouting slurs on facebook or twitter or whatever are assholes right like yeah. if you're a bigot you're a bigot and we don't like you and and most reasonable people see that as bad and we'll be able to call that out it's 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 the sort of the un, the unintentional microaggressions the the fact that you don't feel accepted right like yeah i mean i am worried about potentially getting assaulted or you know some kind of some, something horrible happening because of someone's prejudice and someone's someone being someone just being a huge bigot and wanting to you know do something horrible to people and that that's that's something that you know queer people face on a daily basis and yeah. it, it's it, it plays into a part like i'm just scared a lot of the time it plays into the part where i don't feel comfortable looking particularly queer <laughs> i guess like outside of my own home or when i'm with close friends because sure. there's always that there's always that worry there's always that that problem but it's on a on a sort, of, a sort of you know a small level like people don't mean to be horrible they don't mean to say potentially transphobic things like they don't mean to do particularly misogynistic things or racist things yeah but these things bleed in and and, and they happen and um people just don't respect people's pronouns a lot of the time and don't see it as important and uh, that kind of stuff is incredibly important to us like we wouldn't ask you if we didn't care you know we're not yeah, just trying to be sure. awkward we're not just trying to make you feel we're not trying to make you feel like an idiot we're not trying to make you feel horrible for not knowing no one wants that we want you to we want you to know what to do we want you to be right and like there's always that worry that people are going to take it the wrong way and people are going to be horrible so and and it's just why it's so important to have someone like autumn just and it's it's not just having representation you know because the magic community is filled with queer people yeah um there's a lot of us and they, they do a lot of incredible things and and they're, they're advocates and and they talk about it openly but yeah i think it's just that having the mythic champion yeah it just it, it means so much like 
everyone it's was just, watching yeah definitely it, it is it's it's that big sort of extra like not only you know like obviously like, I'm not aware when I say we here obviously I don't mean myself but like it, <laughs> it's kind of saying like not only are we here but we're also the best in the world yeah, yeah. dude like 100% of yeah. Mythic Championship winners are trans yes <laughs> <laughs> like that's amazing um but honestly, just like the 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 support that Orton received, the support that the queer community have received, um, are like adjacent to that, like Terramanda says trans rights, right? No, for sure. like, that 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 was excellent. Just seeing that, just flooding flooding my Twitter from all parts of the community, all parts of the community showing showing respect to a trans person, to a non-binary person. Um, just you know, LSV tweeting about it, and it just the, like the interview with um, BDM. Where yeah. he was just incredibly respectful and just he like it's it means a lot. This is this is the thing like that. That's all I can really say about it, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, the entire event was running incredibly important. Like it, it was like you know, all the commentators they used their them pronouns like effortlessly. Yeah, just it, it proving that because you know there's a lot you get a lot of arguments to be like oh it's not a single you know it's not a singular pronoun. It's like okay, but it can be and yeah, you, it you, is like. <laughs> Yeah, and which you, I, I think, yeah, I think this is the this is the thing. So this this came up in a, a conversation um, I was having with, with some some of my local Magic players. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, they were hearing the commentators refer to Dortmund as, as they or, or them, and they were kind of like, well, you know, it sounds a bit strange. And I'm like, well, sure, I can kind of like understand that in a way because it's something that they would hear. I mean, like there, like there, like they would hear that, like, normal, like in any sort of like everyday conversation, wouldn't think about it twice. Like, yeah, if somebody was just like, oh, someone's left, someone's left their pint on the bar, yeah, they wouldn't think twice to question it then. But I think it's when it's coming up specifically when referring to somebody's gender identity mm-hmm. is something that doesn't happen a lot. It's not something that you're challenged on in sort of day to day life. I think most yeah, people I mean, aren't. And I, I think, think I'm sorry, Carol. Uh, just think like when when it is sort of presented in in something something as you know I think wait, wait, when it's presented to you in such a for want of a better term like trivial way as just like you know somebody playing in a magic tournament mm-hmm. something that you're interested in your hobby it comes up there then you think about it and question it I think yep. I think that's I think that that's super important I think you you know you do think for a second you think oh that's 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 something I've never considered before oh, okay what is this okay and then you have a conversation about it the conversation happens you learn about it and then you move on with your life mm-hmm, absolutely that, that's how that's how it should work and, yeah and that's sure. how, how i hope i hope this is a, a first step i mean not a first step because there, there have been a lot of people that are incredible advocates and incredible allies within magic community yeah. but I hope, I hope this is a really big step towards just just acceptance and, and magic sure. continuing to be an incredibly um diverse and, and accepting game um which is what, why i enjoy it so much and i mean just like you know um Hearing Marshall and Cheon just just effortlessly using they and them to describe autumn to, to describe autumn like that like they should be, um, like if they can do it, then anyone can, right? And yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't. I mean, I know I've, I <laughs> I'm more used used to it than most people, like single people being referred to as they and them, like. But it didn't sound weird, right? They, they just said it, and yeah. they were just commentating the match and just doing their job, and also respecting a non-binary person's identity and validating them right and they get to get validated while also crushing a tournament yeah. <laughs> it was just a culmination of excellent things yeah the, uh, I think crushing is probably the correct term for that tournament so so good I so think, I mean yeah, yeah I just I wanted to I wanted to just sort of you know 
I, I just say my sort of bit about the the representation because it it, totally. it means it means a hell of a lot. Like it was it was very emotional for me. I know it was very emotional for a lot of people. I was watching watching the final with like a tear in my eye absolutely because it was it was just incredible and like watching them getting rugby tackled by their friends after <laughs> after winning was amazing watching them accept the trophy and watching them talk about it just um it meant so much to them and it, it, it means a lot to the rest of us as well and like autumn is an excellent an excellent example um an excellent example of an excellent magic player and just just just, just they're just an incredible person like yeah, um, and sure. i'm so i'm so happy that they won um and deservedly so, right? Yeah. <laughs> they put in so much work. Um, I, I I saw on I can't remember who posted it, but I saw on Twitter that someone had posted um, a photo of them after they'd gone back to their hotel or apartment or whatever, after they'd literally been crowned mythic champion, and they'd just you know been playing this deck for for weeks and months and, and testing and testing and testing, and then they were just in their hotel room just jamming more games with the deck. <laughs> yeah. Like they just they just won like what's it fifty thousand dollars? Yeah. For playing this deck, and they played it all. They played it all weekend, and and crushed it. And they were just like, oh, "I'm just going to jam some more games," like, <laughs> which just, I, I think is is amazing. Like straight up, such like, a, that's, that's, yeah. that's your fighting champion right there. Like, yeah, yes, it's incredible. I honestly played it, played awesomely all weekend and crushed it. Won the big prize, but you know, we got that Twitch rival. That's not the Twitch rivals. The um. <laughs> mythic invitation there's so many things so many new oh, things we've got the mythic invitational coming up next so you know we can't celebrate must get the reps in yeah that's that's their commitment to the game they just they, yeah. they love magic and they, they want to do well um and i think that was it was one of my favorite things about watching them um yeah like i i, I tweeted about it but like just watching them you could see them mid-game right like the, the death stare became kind of a meme yeah. throughout the weekend <laughs> they were just so stony faced such a poker face just so committed and so focused on playing a great game of magic which they did every time yeah every time they were on camera just all of their players were excellent um they like the game game five of the final um, just so much discipline and patience, just to know how to play. Um, just like sideboarding out the tempest gins, like so good, oh. so good, and keeping in the essence captures because they know that they lose to uh, Thief of Sanity and Lyra. Yeah. Um, and just you know they had the they had the um, curious obsession. Yeah. And the commentator was just like, ah, oh, they've got to put it on now. Okay, they've got to put it on now. And they were just waiting. Yeah. Um, just such, knowing the right way. Such right discipline just to hold that curious obsession. Absolutely, and just reading a cow like a book, it was amazing. Yeah, um, and it was just by the end of it, it was just literally nothing he could do. That's it. I think like going back to that game against Reed Duke as well. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's just kind of testament to how much work and dedication Ottoman put in to the tournament. Like, Absolutely. they've been playing the deck for so long and figuring out the you know what the good matchups were, what the bad matchups were, and practicing, practicing, practicing the mirror match. I think they they said specifically before going in that match that like they loved playing the mirror match and yeah. they thought that they had the the mirror match down pretty well uh, I think yep. that I think that even that alone is just kind of really good skill just to kind of call this out fairly early that this is the best deck I think mm-hmm. a lot of people were you know were very much onto the fact that this is probably like the best deck if you can pilot them on a blue deck successfully then yeah the, the deck is, is quite probably the best deck in the format Mm-hmm. I think just being able to call that out early enough and then sticking with it and putting the reps in and the reps in and just learning really is is what that, that game came down to like you had the interview with Reed Duke where he was like oh yeah yeah I think the deck's pretty good I picked it up last week and it's like well straight away 
although you know it, it, it's Reed Duke he's absolutely one of the best Magic players there will probably ever be mm-hmm. just just couldn't couldn't do it couldn't get there against just the the skill and the practice and the preparation that, that Autumn would put in absolutely they picked the right deck they picked yeah. the right sideboard and they knew what they were doing they knew the sideboard plan they knew how to deal with every matchup even when they had a bad matchup they, they knew how to navigate it and just capitalise on other edges and it was just it was just an excellent um, just excellently played magic um, and I just uh, they, they were so grateful to be there like you could yeah. just tell and like the, the absolute death stare like right like just staring down their opponent um, and then just every time they won a game just they looked so happy yeah definitely just they just let it just, just for like a, a split second just looked really happy because they they love magic and they love winning at magic and and that's how much it meant to them um, you know what my, my favourite piece of uh, piece of secret awesome deck tech was go ahead those islands yeah those mismatched basic great. islands so good so disgusting so good it was it was perfect so obviously the, the 19 islands and then uh, were they playing one in the sideboard as well? Yeah, there was an island in the sideboard, yeah. Yeah, 19, yeah, 19 lands, so, uh, 20th in the sideboard, yeah. Yeah, 20 mismatched basic islands. Like, Oh yeah, hell yeah. That That is A, a choice, and B, like, the amount of time and effort it takes to, <laughs> to go and select 20 different basic lands from, like, mm-hmm. your collection. Yeah, it's is, like a- yeah, like, absolutely respect that. that is, it's so good. Yeah, I know, amazing, like, obviously... Like- Twitch chat being Twitch chat were, were kind of going off it about like how oh you should play all of your you know all of your your basic lands should match so because you're giving away information to your opponent and, and sure. it's like well yeah fine like if we're playing at F and M sure yeah whatever but this is the top eight of the pro tour like yeah this, you've uh, either got it or you don't like the fact that you've, you've got two islands with different art in your hand doesn't change the fact that you have two islands in your hand like yeah it was it, it was great like because that's that thing right so if you get thought erasured yeah and they see an island yeah and then you you draw a different island and play that island they know that you've drawn an island yeah so you get to but i mean um autumn was the best player in the room yeah that day they were playing in the finals of the pro, of, of the mythic championship they won it I'm pretty sure they're good enough to not lose edges to that. They just wanted to play Mismatch Island because it's cool and it's fun. And yeah. they liked it, right? Like, it just, it's such a stupid... Oh, you're giving away... It's like, you're in Twitch chat and this person's winning the Mythic Championship. I think they're probably better than you. <laughs> it's not an yeah. argument to be having. <laughs> so, oh, but what if... They, though, well, even if it did matter, it clearly didn't because they, st- they still took down the entire event. So maybe just, you know, maybe your argument's bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just just an excellent, an excellent weekend of magic. Um I also so enjoyed so uh, Reed Duke's basic islands were, were also quite nice as well. Oh, they, they, they were nice. They, were, they weren't as good as Autumn's, but no. you know. Although I do like that they they all had signatures apart from one. I thought that was uh, <laughs> that was <a> bit <laughs> spicy. Yeah, oh, but what, what if the what if his opponent thought uh, thought rages him and uh, sees oh, that? I, I guess I guess Reed Duke just just loses. Then I guess yeah. Yeah, Reed Duke mm. couldn't possibly be a good magic player yeah, and you know sure. play around that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that uh, that wraps up our, our discussion of Mythic Championship Cleveland. It it was it was awesome. Like I do, it was so good. I do really I wish that we yet. had like the whole kind of you know the fireworks and streamers and the big screen and you know so mix a lot and everything that the trailer <laughs> promised. <laughs> sure. I wish I wish that had been there for the top eight and I wish some more production value had gone into that as far as like set design and stuff goes. But as far as like actual games of magic, 
and representation of both the players and also the decks. I thought the meta game was absolutely fantastic. Oh yeah, absolutely, definitely. Still it was, shows that. Like, I I think this this could quite possibly the best be the best standard format of all time. Standard is absolutely excellent. Um, it was, yeah, just just really really good. Um, Magic is great. Yeah, autumn was great. Like it was just a great event. Um, yeah. and I'm just excited to watch more Magic now. It's really it's really invigorated me. Just like watching such brilliant Magic played by such brilliant people has really you know got the fire back in me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that fire will still culminate in playing Legacy FNMs, but <laughs> sweet. Yeah, right. it was it was it was just great. It was a great event. Mm-hmm. If you yeah if you, if you didn't catch any of it go back and watch the the uh, videos on Twitch I'm sure they'll stick it up on YouTube in the next sort of, few days as well oh yeah it absolutely was watching. just yeah I think it, it, everything <clears throat> that the Mythic Championship won could have hoped to to have been to be honest I think I think it's set the bar pretty high and long may the Mythic Championships go at least yeah. as well as that one did. Yeah, definitely. It was it was really good, a really good example of magic. Yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to London now. I mean, I was looking forward to it anyway, right? But yeah, same, yeah definitely. But, like being it, but I, I I can't wait to just be in that environment because it looks so good on Twitch. So it must be good in person, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Cool. So we're done with the uh, with the uh, Mythic Championship. Yeah, I guess the talk of London sort of segues quite nicely into our next topic. I guess the big news to come out of last week was that there is going to be a brand new Mulligan rule tested for London for Mythic Championship London to be precise yes the the London Mulligan the London Mulligan yeah the very aptly named London Mulligan oh, god damn it we've had such a good positive episode talking about how great magic is I can sense I can feel how this is going to go we'll see we'll see <laughs> yeah sure so what is the London Mulligan so the London Mulligan is a a new Mulligan rule that they are going to be testing out at the Mythic Championship for London uh, basically, as it stands currently, when you draw a hand of seven, if you don't like that hand and you want a mulligan, you ship it back, you draw six. Uh, if you like the look of that one, you can keep that and then you scry one. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you didn't like the look of that one, you ship that back, you draw five, and then you get the scry again. If you didn't like that one, you ship that back, draw four, each time sort of going down a card, the number of cards you draw. Mm-hmm. So the London mulligan looks to change that. Uh, it says that when you mulligan rather than going down numbers of cards you draw you're going to draw seven cards each time so let's say i didn't like my opening seven and i wanted to mulligan i would put my hand back shuffle it back into my library and then i'd draw a brand new seven hand of cards and then so every time you mulligan you draw seven and then you take cards from your hand equal to the number of times you mulliganed and put them on the bottom of your library mm-hmm. it's so if you mulligan three times yep you put three cards back on the bottom of your library yeah then keep keep the four yeah, so you would yeah you would draw seven cards, uh, you'd have a look at those seven cards from those seven cards you've drawn. You'd keep four in your hand, and mm-hmm. you'd take three and put them on the bottom of your library. Okay, it's certainly so, different, right? It's it's very different. Um, so I think I think I have to be I have to be honest about my reaction to this. Yeah. So when it happened, um, I was like, oh, this is terrible. They're ruining magic. I actually posted on Twitter that they're ruining magic. Um, <laughs> which I think was a bit of a bit of a hot take and like a bit I was I was wrong. Um, I think I was just I think so. My general before we go into like specifics of how this affects magic, into my my general point about this is that it's it's a consistent sort of barrage of changes. Yeah. That are, that keep happening that keep fundamentally changing magic. Right. These are fundamental changes to magic, and they keep happening and 
they haven't been fully tested that the previous announcement hasn't hasn't been given time to breathe been time to work its way out and see if it's a good thing or not they just keep doing stuff so we've had like duo standard yeah. we've had all the, all the changes to competitive play there's just been a lot of what without the why exactly and, and we got all these changes so like we haven't really seen how things work with the new competitive changes we haven't seen how things are going to work with pptq system or ptq system we haven't seen how things work with duo standard with the mythic invitational and we're just suddenly having more changes added on top of that and it's it's getting tedious it's definitely something i've discussed before um but it's it's getting to the point where just so many things are happening that they're changing magic without a previous change to magic being allowed to to just sort of exist for a few months yeah. to see how it goes because if the previous might have been changed people said the fire was the sky was falling right as we all do because we're magic players and we're stupid I, um i don't i think everybody at the time at least i remember everybody at the time being like fine with it being like okay that's that's cool Sure. I mean, like, I was angry because I'm an angry person. About <laughs> stuff, I don't, I don't need to be angry. About. Yeah, I, re- I remember thinking, like, oh, maybe it makes like, you know, Tron slightly better because you get a, you know, a slightly more aggressively mulligan to a hand, or like, yeah, you get a, like mulligan a hand that has like one Tron piece, and then your next one might have one Tron piece, but then you get to scry and see mm-hmm. the the one on top, or you can put it to the bottom and. Yeah, I, I, I thought the scry rule was fine. I think yeah, I, I think generally I'm, it was just like, yeah, this is fine. It's better than what we had currently. Sure, but it was also given time to exist, right? It was given time to be applied and for us to get used to it yeah. before any other massive change took effect. Yeah. Um, it, it, wasn't even that, it wasn't even that much of a, of a, of a massive change, really. No, oh, no, no, of course. And this is my other, my other overarching point for, for, for why... It's not that I dislike the Mulligan rule. I have much softer opinions on it, I think, than you do. Sure. <laughs> at least, at least at this point. Uh, initially, I was like, "This is ridiculous," but it's. I, I think I've, I've definitely softened on it. I, my, my problem with it is, is 2015 when they um, announced the current Mulligan rule. Yeah. They wrote an article, uh, and you can go and find it. It's still on the on the uh, Magic Mothership. You can still go and find it. Um, that said that they had tested a few mulligan rules, right? And this was one of them. Draw seven, draw seven, draw seven, put them back. And they specifically said in the article about this mulligan rule that it was way too good. Yeah. So They said way too good. So what's changed? I think the difference is with, with that one, you were shuffling them back in your library, whereas with this one, you're putting them on the bottom of your library. Sure, but that still doesn't make that much of a difference, right? I mean, especially in, in, in formats... formats with fetch lands, absolutely no, makes no difference. And I mean, we have we have shuffle effects in, in this format, right? Nexus of Fate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you're not casting Nexus of Fate on turn one, are you? Uh, not in standard. No. I mean, if you are, like, <laughs> I, I want to know your I want to know your deck list because that's that's something I'm involved uh, with. Black Lotus, marks, marks, marks. Bands. Yeah, I mean, this this is the thing. I just I, sure, like, so so it is it is slightly different, right? There's definitely a difference to it. But the fact that it is way too good because you can just, I mean, the, the the way too good wasn't really applying to the fact that you have to put cards at the bottom. It's applying to the fact that this makes it a lot easier to score pans. Uh, like, we'll, we'll get into that like the specifics in, in a second. But I mean, I just think my my problem is there's too many announcements, and they have actually said that in testing this was way too good, um, and. I want to know why this is so different this time around. Yeah, I, th- so, I think I think it is just it, it is just that specifically that this time around the cards go on the bottom of your library, whereas in that mm-hmm. previous incarnation of the rule, they shuffled back into your library. Mm-hmm. So I I think 
uh, I'm glad that I've had a few days to sort of think about it and yes <laughs> it is something that we we did actually try in the standard plus tournament um before oh, right, we okay. started i asked everybody if they would like to try it in the new new morgan rule would take a vote mm-hmm. to see if people wanted to and uh, yeah everyone everyone was was happy enough to try it out and i found like nine out of ten times people just kind of weren't mulligan in any way because they were happy with the cards they were drawn and then the ones where they did mulligan like it didn't really make that much of a difference which mm-hmm. i think like even going into that tournament was kind of my my sort of viewpoint on it i think it's probably just fine for standard it's probably yes. good for standard in some cases uh, mm-hmm. i think it's probably very good for limited i think it's great for limited i'm very excited to actually play it in limited because it reduces a, a lot of yeah. just the hands the unplayable hands right yeah for sure it I, I i that's the thing like i very much understand what they're trying to do with the mulligan with you know you they want to reduce the number of games that and like the, the like the finals of the last pro tour where LSV mulls to four and then just just doesn't play a game essentially. Yeah, because they've said that that actually came into their decision, right? Yeah, it it um, it doesn't make for a good viewing experience. It doesn't make for, for a good playing experience at all. Yeah, I think I think that comes down to it. Like it's not good to watch, right? You're watching the finals yeah. of a pro tour. One player mulligans to four was never in it, and then they just you know their opponent just wins, and like that's not that doesn't excite viewers does it <laughs> yeah totally it doesn't make for, for good viewing at all so I I do understand why they want to try it out mm-hmm. my issue is that in the older formats modern legacy vintage it fundamentally <clears throat> changes how you play a game of magic 100% yeah and that's, that's where I take an issue with it so I think you know you you have things like so obviously we take take vintage dredge as, as the extreme the extreme mm-hmm. case, obviously, it's the extreme end of the spectrum. But I think this is the deck that it will affect things the most for. So, yep. Vintage Dredge currently, I mean, lists sort of depending, but usually it has around ninety-five uh, percent to have a copy of Bizarre Baghdad in your opening hand. Mm-hmm. So, with this new Mulligan rule, that ups that to ninety-nine point six percent. Yeah. So essentially, okay. you're you're always going to have a Bizarre, which is is that's all that deck wants. It just wants wants to play Bizarre turn one and then. That's it. Yeah, because you consistently so, with that deck mulligan to one. Yeah, yeah. If that one is the bizarre, um, and I mean that's the thing. So in, uh, with the current rule, if you mulligan all the times you are permitted to, you get to see twenty eight cards, and with the new rule, you get to see forty nine. Right. You just get much, su- yeah. su- su- such a higher chance of. Um, well, yeah, of just, serum, serum powder is not included. There, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so so obviously you in that deck obviously this is the furthest extreme end of the spectrum like yep. in that deck your game one which was already good now just gets incredibly better like most decks aren't going to beat that turn one bizarre mm-hmm. it's you know it, it it's win rate for game ones is pretty good anyway it's just going to go up and up but then you also have like the very strange thing which happens for game two and game three because this this mulligan <coughs> rule really incentivizes you to dig for your sideboard cards so yep. now like your opponent's just going to dig for those ley line in the void yes so now you just can't win game two and game three because your opponent's um, going to have a ley line every time yeah i think this is one of the, the concerns that i had like i mean i'm now looking back over our show notes and realizing that i was incredibly angry when i wrote them <laughs> um <clears throat> but i think this is this is also like a very a very very reasonable concern because it just yep. becomes it becomes well, it's, gonna... it's just, yeah it's just a fundamental change but it puts the the emphasis on the importance of those silver bullet sideboard cards yep and you also don't get 
punished for aggressively mulligan towards them in fact you get rewarded for doing so yeah absolutely i mean i, I guess it's it's for certain decks it's not as um powerful as, as that so like if i'm playing yeah, boggle, sure. if i'm playing boggles against burn yeah i'm not going to aggressively mulligan to my ley line of sanctity sure because i could just end up with just it's just terrible because i mean boggles often draws sevens that are just awful right yeah. <laughs> and you just can't play them so um just aggressively mulliganing to later it might be not great in that matchup or but like generally yeah it's gonna have to change how decks that get shut down by cyborg hammers build their decks i think yeah i think so i think that's that's my current my concern of it just just that sort of fundamental mm-hmm. change to the way you play magic like i think it's it, it is definitely it's a net positive for every deck but some decks yeah. some decks are like a positive other decks are like a double positive and then other decks just become unbeatable i'm not i'm i think unbeatable is hyperbole but i think i mean we'll we'll, we'll see what happens when (laughs) yeah absolutely Um, like i can't see honestly because i mean they're testing it at uh, mc london yeah um and they you know it's not it's not the mc is it it's the it's the mf right yeah it's the mc oh it is the mc sure um Oh god, so many acronyms, so many different words. <laughs> right, the word mythic's in there somewhere, sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Actually, can I just, just you know, side note, I can't believe it's not called a mythic fest. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's still time, right? Yeah, uh, mythic everything. Um, yeah, like I don't think I don't think it'll get further than the MC, right? Yeah, I I can't imagine it. I, I mean, can't it, see it, it Yeah, it, we're gonna see. I think because they're bringing this this mulligan rule in, I I wouldn't be surprised if we see a slightly higher number of dredge players. And also oh, yeah. a slightly higher number of, of Phoenix players. Yeah, because if I can aggressively mulligan my hand to land Faithless looting two Phoenixes, great. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I think I think people, myself included, overstated how good it was for the combo decks. Um, but I think it, it still gives them an edge, right? Like I still yeah, think yeah, that's absolutely, edge. absolutely. And yeah. it, it still makes cards like. Um, Layer on the void more potent because you're able to mulligan to them, um, which might mean that we have to see some um, some changes in deck building from combo decks where they that they are able to have more resilience to cyborg answers. Yeah, um, but I mean, I just I, I can't see I can't see it passing because the, the the MC is modern, right? It is, yeah. Which, 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 which is, is why they, why they've uh, why they've chosen to test it this one because they haven't tested for modern. It's so weird. It's so weird to me. Like the, the yeah. announcement they said, they said they extensively tested it in limited and standard. Yeah. So they've been playing. And they had was listening to to Paul Chion talk about it uh, mm-hmm. on the uh, at the Mythic Championship on the stream, yeah. and he was saying that it, yeah, they've extensively tested it in standard, in limited, and the Future Future League, and he's he's really enjoyed it. Which I think that's a really good sign. I think that's a great sign for the Mulligan rule for standard and for limited. I think that's awesome. He's yep. obviously a player who's a decent magic player who knows the game very well, and I I would totally trust his his decisions. But he then also did mention that they haven't tested enough for for modern. Uh, you yep. had Ian Duke on the stream on Thursday said that they hadn't tested it for modern or eternal formats, and that was the, kind of the reason why they were testing it at this modern mythic championship because they want they want that big spread of data coming from high level players. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean. I don't know. Honestly, we're gonna to have to see how it goes. I mean, yeah. I think because they said um, they said that, that if it if it passes, if if this is if this is instated as the Mulligan rule, it will be applied to all formats immediately, right? Yeah. Um, I don't. I just want them to apply it to limited because it sounds great for limited, really. I just want them to apply it to arena. That's, that <laughs> sure. that would absolutely be my 
my hot take on the issue was just like leave it, leave everything the way it is for pay for magic, mm-hmm. and just implement this new rule for arena. Like arena is clearly going to be, you know, limited standard and whatever your standard plus slash new modern format is going to be. Mm-hmm. So just again, like stick it on arena. You've already got best of one on arena. You've already got a different ban restricted list for best of one on arena. Yep. Why not just have well, I guess like a different rule set? Yeah, Let's and you have get arena magic played this way, paper magic played you know pretty much the way it always has been for the past twenty odd years. Yeah, and you get you get a lot of testing, but um, by just putting it on arena. But I think I just I'm just gonna have, we just gonna have to see how it goes because I I imagine that there's the same the same sort of reaction when they got rid of mana burn. <laughs> the same, the same sort of reaction when they got rid of damage on the stack. Like those fundamentally changed how games of yeah. magic were played, right? They yeah, fundamentally sure. changed the game. Uh, and this is less so. This is less dramatic, I think. Um, I mean, it, it, like objectively, I think it, it's um, less dramatic of a change than removing those two things. And the game survived. The game existed, and the, the game is incredible and is, is going from strength to strength. Um, yeah, absolutely. As, like, yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't think the game is dying at all. I just. Oh, I do. <laughs> That's another point. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't think that... I don't think that this this change, or at least this this specific rule, is necessarily the best rule. Like, I'm, I'm all for them trying something different, yep. but I think, I think this rule makes some fundamental changes in older formats that I don't think are healthy for the longevity... Well, I don't know. I don't even know if it's the longevity of those formats. Yeah, I just, yep. I just don't think they're healthy for those older formats at all I would be inclined to agree but yeah. I'm also willing to give them the benefit of the doubt um, and see how it goes um, I can't I don't know we, like we, we can sort of do some blue sky thinking and some theory crafting as much as we want about what it's actually going to do to the format but we won't know until it actually happens right Yeah. and people actually test it and we, we see it happen in modern in legacy in vintage uh, it's pretty great for commander <laughs> Right, it's just like it's sure. similar to the partial powers we had. Yeah, I mean, um, you can just decide your own your own rules once you command the player groups anyway. So no, you can't. No, you can't. That is my that is my least favorite take on the format. Commander you can't decide the still... format. You can just do what you want. <clears throat> no, you can't. You have to play correctly. You have to play magic. You want to play a hundred card proxies with cheaty faces underneath? You can do that. You know, That's... you can't. You actually can't. <laughs> <laughs> There's still rules to the game. Come on, Joe. Just, yeah, they just don't apply in a casual setting. Yeah, if I want to just reach over and punch my opponent in the face, yeah, that's absolutely fine. There'll be no consequences whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, as long as you pay for your <laughs> pact, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. Looking forward, maybe uh, an interesting choice of us, but I, I want to see how it goes. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to remain remain cautious on it. I think absolutely. I think that's that's fair, but I, I mean, I mean, it's going to happen, right? Like they're going to yeah. test it, and it. We'll just see see how it goes, like, and they're not they're not going to just they're not just going to take the opinion of the pros that played it. They're going to take people that have watched it, people on because they're, they're are they uh, they're doing coverage for the NC, right? I don't know at this point. Uh, for the Mythic Championship, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. So they're doing coverage. So people on you know Twitch chat is 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 vocal, and they they will they will take into account those opinions. They'll take into account Twitter. There'll be a lot of a lot of opinions to consider and a lot of things to to inform the decision. Yeah. They, they make on it so it's not just going to be like oh you know Reed Duke said it was great therefore <laughs> it'll be like you know hundreds and hundreds of magic players had their opinion on it and yeah. this is what we've come to as a because you know for all of his, uh, what's his faults I guess that we've, we've um, discussed on the show 
they're intelligent people and <laughs> they know oh, how yeah. to make informed decisions. So um, I just have to see the sky isn't falling. And even if it, even if it passes, like I'm still going to play magic all the time, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Just have to get used to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think we'll just see how it goes. Strangely optimistic. <laughs> From me, yeah. oh god, I'm just in a good mood, man. Magic's great. <laughs> the, the MC has really put me in a great place. So awesome. um, it's going to be good about magic. I mean, they still said that Watsy had failed with things, right? I've still got the show's still on brand. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> it's this it's this new microphone, man. It's making me feel uh, all happy and uh, positive. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty happy you finally finally decided to pick up a, a microphone. Forty six oh, episodes deep. That. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might it might make my uh, coughs and sneezes sound louder. Yeah, and yeah. I'm very worried about my guinea pig is currently in the room with me, making some uh, some noises that they get onto the recording. But no I think it's uh, it's it's always for the best. Right? I said I get one eventually. Yeah, I did. I did promise you it would be before the end of 2018. That didn't happen. But <laughs> here we here we are. Hopefully. All those people that kept telling me my recording sounded terrible can shut up now because it sounds at least as good as Joe's because we have the same microphone. Yeah, we do now. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I'm I'm pretty pretty thankful for that, and mm-hmm. I think that segues nicely into the uh, Patreon pitch, right? Oh, gotcha. We're so yeah. good at this. So if you if you do want to give back in any way, uh, if you want to help contribute towards you know the continuous upkeep of the show and buying new gear such as sam's awesome new microphone mm-hmm. you can hit us up on patreon we are patreon.com slash hour of devastation a few different tiers there subscribe from as little as, as one dollar a month it's roughly about 25 cents per episode uh you will just receive our eternal thanks um so we don't do this for anything in return but anything we do get we are massively appreciative uh, if you subscribe for $4 a month or higher, you get access to our Patreon feed as well, where we'll be posting some pretty cool exclusive content. Uh, so we'll have some, some draft videos going up there. We've got some Ranked Arena drafts on there, and we're going to be doing a Chaos draft this week to go up. Uh, yeah, we're, also, we're also going to do a, a bit of an exclusive behind the scenes for there as well. Are we? Yeah. I, okay, I, I'm, I'm excited. Sure, I'm sure, I'm sure we, we, made, we made that promise, right? I, d- I don't know at this point. <laughs> You're the professional of the outfit, Joe. Come on, I've only just got a microphone and it's been nearly a year. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're going to have a special sort of behind the scenes look, I guess, uh, and a bit of an extra podcast called The Hour of Promise. Yeah, I'm going to see what happens because I, I think, I, think uh, I, you know, a lot of what we say is really funny before we actually start the show. Um, and I feel it's a shame for people to miss out on it. Uh, yeah. This specific episode. Um, we we had a, a break in the middle and Joe forgot to hit record when he went off about flat earth theory. Yeah. <laughs> so you get to, unfortunately you miss out on that one, but hopefully we can recreate that at a later date. If you, yeah. If, if you'd like to hear my, my hot takes on the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the flat earth well, theory, the hit us up on Patreon for uh, at least $4 per month. And you <laughs> get access oh, wow. to that. Oh, absolutely. It was, I mean, I enjoy it. I'd pay for $4 a month for that. Awesome. Sure. Uh, elsewhere, if you do want to hit us up on social media, you can get in touch on Twitter we are at hwfdcast on twitter mm-hmm. we're pretty active at the moment especially over the, this past weekend it was just oh, gotcha. uh, it was great the whole of magic social media has been amazing this weekend and it's long may incredible. it continue absolutely also hit us up on facebook.com slash our devastation you can find me on my personal social media i am at peach garden oaf on twitter that's oaf with an f or facebook.com uh, i'm joe loudon you'll find me on there pretty much any of the magic groups getting pretty hyped about Magic Fest London now. Absolutely. Um, you can find me on Twitter at snail69. Nice. Thank you. Um, you can just see all my tweets just talking about how fantastic Autumn is. Yeah. Which is basically my entire Twitter for the entire of, uh, Sunday. Yeah. 
you can see me on Facebook if you want. Uh, I, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting less and less committed to it every day. You're and really, so. really selling it to the people here. <laughs> oh, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So any sort of parting words on on this whole weekend before we, we sign off this week? Uh, Terramanda says trans rights. Yay. God bless. <laughs> on that note, pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, once again, we are approaching the second hour. The Godfarer has returned, so we'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation. Holy crap, he got the outro right. <laughs>